Decaf Metcalf. Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am your football host, Brandon. Coffee doesn't make me defecate perna. It's a blessing and a curse, but hearing DK Metcalf being called Decaf Metcalf is the funniest, honest announcing mistake I can imagine. Unless, of course, Al Michaels accidentally calls Tom Brady by his maiden name, Satan's Devil Turd. Anytime DK makes a mistake, I will call him Decaf Metcalf from now on. Same way we call Booger McFarland Booger every time he makes the mistake of talking. Well, these are the type of plays that historically have gone against the Vikings. The Minneapolis Miracle. Plays that are fluke plays that went against this team. I'm sure Vikings fans are saying it's about time we get one of these plays to go our way. Yes, the Minneapolis Miracle went against the Vikings and Reggie Jackson got the nickname Mr. October because he hit so many home runs in June. And today's NFL News Tuesday features the Seahawks-Vikings recap, playoff seating and discussion, and holy hell, the Panthers have fired Ron Rivera for some reason. We shall mourn, and I'll tell you why Jamal Williams should be your favorite player. Uh, let's get sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Are you looking for a great gift for someone in your life that's not your imaginary friend? Well, Harry's is a great gift that's both thoughtful and practical, also real. It's a great deal for you and for him. Holiday sets start at just $20. That's within most secret Santa limits. And Harry's Blades refills are also as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time. A special offer for fans of the show, as we have partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off of any set, including their limited edition holiday sets when you go to harrys.com slash blue wire plus you'll get free shipping each harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle with an option to engrave five blade razor cartridges foaming shave gel for a rich lather travel cover to protect your blades and it's all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box Free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. Just go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. The Carolina Panthers have fired head coach Ron Rivera. Not a surprise considering how bad of a year it has been for guys with River in their last name. Philip Rivers, Al Riveron, and now Ron Rivera. New Panthers owner David Tepper is about to find out how dumb it is to get rid of a good head coach, which Rivera is. That said, a change of scenery might get Riverboat Ron headed back downstream, or upstream, whichever is correct, and steering the ship of a playoff team. If you're a Cowboys fan, start making signs that say, bring Riverboat to Dallas right now and take him to the game so Jerry Jones can see. I just thought it was time given the way things have gone the last two seasons to put my stamp on this organization on the football side. Okay, David Tepper, I get it. Losing to the Washington Redskin Potatoes is very embarrassing, but this is an overreaction, especially to do it in fucking December. And now I'm a little mad at all or nothing for tricking me into respecting David Tepper. Uh, secondary coach Perry Fuel, Fuel, will be interim head coach, and the rest of the coaching staff will pick up the slack. In addition to picking up the pieces of their hearts Tepper just left in a million pieces all over the Panthers' locker room. Everybody there seemed to love and respect Ron Rivera. Smooth move, David Tepper. You now have the title of firing the least deserving head coach during the season since 
well, since 2018 when the Packers did it to Mike McCarthy. Now, if Jerry Jones does indeed make Ron Rivera his next head coach, consider this David Tepper's offering, a gift to Jerry to land in his very powerful inner circle. Tepper is at the bottom right now as a new owner, and sometimes you have to give the king a gift if you want to drink his wine and earn the protection he provides in his far-reaching kingdom. Now, the New York Jets are the Bizarro Patriots, completely winless against winless teams this season. They are also the first team in NFL history to lose to two teams with at least an 0-7 record in the same season. Both Belichick and Nick Saban lost this past weekend. The last time they both lost on the same weekend was eight years ago. The last time I beat two evil bosses like that on the same weekend, I was 12. I defeated Goro from Mortal Kombat and Mike Tyson from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Jeff Cochran didn't invite me to his birthday party, so I had plenty of time to beat the shit out of digital enemies. And no, I don't regret not visiting Jeff in the hospital years later. Idiot deserved to die. Ironic, the heartless Jeff would ultimately need a heart to save his life. Suck it, dead Jeff. The Dolphins, Bengals, Cardinals, Lions, Falcons, and Giants are all dead like dead Jeff and have been eliminated from the playoffs. Shockingly, because they won, the Washington Potatoes at 3-9 and nine are still alive because the NFC East is a tire fire inside a dumpster fire burning a preschool full of puppies to the ground. The Cowboys' playoff chances actually improved after losing two games in a row. It reminds me of when the AFC West was worse than it is right now and Tim Tebow led the Broncos to three straight losses to end the season only to still make the playoffs and have a home game just like the Cowboys might against a far superior 49ers team. These are the playoff standings right now. In descending order, the NFC has the Saints followed by Seattle, Green Bay, Dallas, San Fran, and Minnesota. The AFC is Baltimore, New England, Houston, KC, Buffalo, and the Steelers. That Seahawks win really screwed the 49ers, who at 10-2 and two are now a wildcard team that would have to play in Jerry World if the playoffs started Sunday. A 6-6 six six Cowboy team would host the 10-2 49ers. One day the NFL will fix that bullshit. In the AFC, the Steelers are clinging to the final wildcard spot, but I have to believe the Titans eventually outlast Pittsburgh. A sitting duck, if you will, and land that 6th seed. The Patriots have to play the Chiefs this weekend and then the Bills in three weeks. The Pats could lose both of those games and even their final game against their kryptonite, the Miami Dolphins, and have to play Wild Card Weekend since the Texans now own the tiebreaker over the Patriots. The last time the Patriots played in a Wild Card game was January 10th, 2010, where they lost to the Ravens 33-14 behind four Joe Flacco completions for 34 yards. Brady threw three picks and fumbled, while Ray Rice and Willis McGahee chewed up and spit out the Pats D for three touchdowns and over 200 yards rushing. All well-wishing aside, the Titans, with the resurrection of Ryan Tannehill after the Vrabel performed his Hawaiian sacrifice, are a better team than the Steelers and deserve to be in the playoffs because I think they can beat anyone in the AFC, not named the Ravens. 
Steelers I'm not sold on. Since Tannehill, their only loss came against the Panthers when they were still considered a good team and not firing their head coaches. The problem, the conflicting interest for me, is that they play the Texans twice. So do I root for the Patriots losses and Houston to win out to jump them in seeding or for the Titans to keep winning and be a playoff dream destroyer? I don't know. It's hard to decide. But running back Derrick Henry may have leaped ahead of Dalvin Cook to be in conversation with Christian McCaffrey as the best back in the league right now. Henry is now third in rushing yards this season behind Chubb and McCaffrey and second for rushing touchdowns behind McCaffrey and Cook. Dalvin Cook fumbled twice on Monday Night Football, which forces me to love him less. Same way I'll treat my own kids one day, though. Who's at the top of daddy's favorite child power ranking list today? Oh, looks like Ernie fell to the bottom after he wet the bed again. You're three, Ernie. Quit acting like you're two and a half and be a man like your brother, Bert. Or your sister, Oscar the Grouch. Aaron Rodgers is no longer my favorite Packer. It's unequivocally now Jamal Williams. His post-game interviews are a thing of beauty. You can go ahead and thank me later, football fans. I'll just say Mermaid activated, so soon as the rain came, it felt good. So it started snowing, it felt better. And then it went back to rain a little bit. So it was just like a good overall day of everything. Like one day I felt like, well, I felt like SpongeBob for a minute, right? Then it started snowing, it felt like frozen. I was like, all right, here we go, Olaf time. Then <laughs> it went back to raining. So then I felt like SpongeBob, you know what I mean? The goofy goober type. When he was drying up, and you know he had that little drop of like that before he turned into, you know what I mean? That's how I felt. No joke here. Uh, why the fuck would I use my shitty paintbrush to ruin a masterpiece? Uh, where's the Mona Lisa? I think she'd be better as a blonde with some bigger bazoongas. And that's how you work bazoongas into a script. And finally, we have the Vikings falling to the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. This was as good as advertised. Not even an absurd amount of cutaways to a mic'd up Russell Wilson saying absolutely nothing interesting could tarnish this entertaining football affair. Clear heart, clear mind, clear eyes. Let's go to work, man. One play at a time, locked in. Let's go do this thing together. Whatever it takes, great language, unwavering. Unwavering language, unwavering belief. What hurt Russell Wilson's MVP chances more? A thousand cheesy mic'd up moments. Come on, my guys, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. You know what I always say, boys? You have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince. Or the fact that he now only has one more touchdown pass and one less interception than Lamar Jackson and only 284 rushing yards to Jackson's 977. Or is it something far more nefarious, like the fact that Russell Wilson appears to have the dancing confidence of a white guy. In my honest opinion, the Seahawks are about uh, seven points better than the Vikings. This game was at a seven to seven deadlock until Russell Wilson forgot what sport he was playing. Maybe it's because his last name is Wilson, but he volleyballed this pass for the perfect spike to crush his own team. If Collinsworth were in the booth, I know he would have delivered by saying we got the double doink 2.0 instead of forgetting what actually happened during the Minneapolis miracle. Everyone was talking about this play by Russell Wilson, but what you should be discussing is how Russ turned the quarterback slide into a weapon. 
The real reason Seattle might get to the Super Bowl is Wilson will start breaking defenders' ankles literally at a higher rate than Lamar Jackson, who does it metaphorically. If Wilson does this to Fred Warner or Luke Keekley in the final weeks of this season, just give him the MVP. This game was hella entertaining. Shout out to NorCal. Sadly, Kirk Cousins still hasn't won on Monday Night Football, which confirms that Kirk Cousins does indeed Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. And the only cure for case of the Mondays, Kirk, is to take a baseball bat to a copy machine and then drown that shit in one of Minnesota's 10,000 lakes. Minnesota was competitive, but it's no surprise the team that gave up over 200 rushing yards made more mistakes and had their starting corner in Xavier Rhodes allow receivers to catch 100% of the passes he was defending lost this game. I think once Adam Thielen returns for the Vikings, they will be good enough to win games like this, especially if Kyle Rudolph keeps one-handing touchdowns in the back of the end zone. My biggest takeaway, though, was that next to Russell Wilson, the Seahawks' running game is their best asset. Right now, the Ravens, 49ers, and Seahawks can kill teams with the rush. We already knew Chris Carson was legit, but Rashad Penny, over the course of the season, has now officially arrived. So move the fuck over, Danny Dimes. The NFC is all about those shiny Lincolns. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny can be the two players that carry the Seahawks through the playoffs. Seattle has committed to the run. They are using their jumbo package on the offensive line more than any other team in the league, and it will pay off. Either Chris Carson is truly a selfless player, subbing himself out so Penny could score on the goal line, or he started Penny on his fantasy team this week. That's pretty cool of Carson to do. Basically the opposite of the love Joe Flacco showed for Drew Locke after Locke's first win. Carson can wear down a defense, and Penny is turning into the explosive player who can gut them. One last time, though. Russell Wilson showing up to a costume party, realizing he didn't know it was a costume party. Let's go, boys. All right, we're getting a dance on. You know, Ruska Boogie. Uh, nope. Okay. All right. Uh, good job, boys. Please subscribe here again. I do football videos almost every damn day, giving you news updates for the NFL, recaps for football, and a bunch of jokes that either make you laugh or piss you off. I don't know. Comedy is subjective people and sometimes you swing and miss but the true professionals keep getting up no matter how many times they miss this is your daily nfl podcast of that's good sports it's football that's good